You are listening to the Actor Aesthetic Podcast, episode 133, featuring special guest and dear friend, Kaisha S. Hughley. Let's get started. What's up, everyone? My name is Maggie Barra, and welcome to the Actor Aesthetic Podcast, where I take you behind the scenes of the theater industry. The Actor Aesthetic Podcast is produced every single week for your enjoyment, and show notes are found at actoraesthetic.com slash podcast. You can also follow me on Instagram at Actor Aesthetic, or join our Facebook group, the Actor Aesthetic Alliance. All links are in the show notes. Now let's get on to the show. Hey friends, thanks for joining me this week for another episode of the Actor Aesthetic Podcast. Listen, if you don't already know who Kaisha S. Hugely is, please do yourself a favor and learn now because she's one of my favorite people. She is a New York City-based actor, singer, entrepreneur, creative, and educator, originally born and raised in Washington, D.C. And prior to the COVID-19 crisis, she had a few things lined up, including Once on This Island in concert at 54 Below. She was also prepping to join the ensemble in the of Kinky Boots at Art Center of Coastal Carolina, and then most recently she performed in Miracle on 34th Street and The Full Monty at Argyle Theater. Prior to those productions, she also made her off-Broadway debut in Revelation, the musical at the Players Theater. Now, people know Kaisha as the woman who quit her full-time job with the federal government to become an actress. And she documents her journey to Broadway and all things creative online via her personal brand, Kaisha Creates. When she's not on the stage, she's creating content for her online fan base on her podcast, Kaisha Story, YouTube channel, and blog, which you can find in the show notes. She also recently started a podcast with her husband, Quentin, called the Happily Hughley Podcast. Additionally, Kaisha is the director for cultural competency and creative initiatives and a faculty member at the American Musical and Dramatic Academy, otherwise known as AMDA, where she teaches courses on business of the arts and entertainment industry, as well as social media and marketing, which I love. Kaisha is committed to giving back to and teaching the next generation of artists and creatives. In this episode, Kaisha candidly tells us about her pursuit of the theater industry, only beginning at the age of 25, as well as TikTok, social media, all that fun stuff, and her journey as a multi-hyphenate artist. Without further ado, please sit back, relax, and enjoy our chat. Kaisha, like we said earlier, this is long overdue. I'm so excited to get to chat with you today. How are you holding up? Listen, I'm doing okay. Just trying to get my life together per usual, but I'm mm. doing well. So you're out in New York. I know yeah. that you've been doing things here and there during the pandemic, but before we get to all of that, let's just talk a little bit about your your life thus far. So did you get involved in theater early on out in DC or no? I didn't. I actually, it's so crazy because there's a pretty uh, decent theater scene in DC, but I didn't really get involved in it until... 2015. Um, I, I've always been someone who has been drawn to being like artistic and creative, but I was never specifically drawn to theater. I remember 
in high school, someone telling me, Kaisha, you need to audition for Godspell. Like you should go audition. I'm like, I'm not getting up there. Like that. <laughs> I remember saying that to that person. I'm like, I am not doing by myself. No. Um, and I just, I couldn't imagine myself doing it. Um, I was in band, I played trumpet. So mm. I could kind of hide behind my instrument and I was really <laughs> comfortable in that space. And so I never envisioned me wow. doing that. Um, but I finally kind of, I guess you can say, um, through all the various things that I've done, like in church and, you know, with other organizations, I finally was like, why haven't I tried this? I heard that you did your like first audition when you were 25. Yes. So you really never even had any sort of theater. I None. love that. None. <laughs> and do you understand how scared I was? Cause I was like, wait, like, am I prepared? Like, am I even, do I even know what to say right now? And it's so funny that very first audition that I had, it was for a community theater, like uh-huh. festival that they were having in DC and they had like 25 directors in the room. And, oh um, I did like a monologue and then they were like, do you sing? And I was like, yeah, not realizing that that question means let's hear it. And sure enough, they were like, yeah, sing a little something. I'm like, Oh, what did you sing? What did you, do you remember what you sang? I do. And I really wonder why my mind went to this song. <laughs> so I sang a hymn. It was, were you there when they crucified my Lord? How dark. I was like, Kaisha, you know a bunch of songs, but we had to go there. And I literally, because I think it was around, it was also around Good Friday. Like it was getting close to Easter. So I think that's where my spirit was. And I just went on and I sang that. <laughs> I'm like tearing up. That's so good. Wow. That's, you know, sometimes that's where your mind goes. You can't turn back. Like once you say the name of the song, it's yep. just go time from there. That is crazy. Okay. I yeah. knew that your, your start in theater was late, but I didn't know that you actually didn't do any growing up. Yeah. Wow. None. I mean, I did things in church. Like, um, it was so funny. Like as a kid, different people at my church would be like, Kaisha, memorize this monologue and say it for the church. Cause people liked how, like I said things expressively. And so I did that, but I was never like put into a theater program. And I think that that's one of the reasons why I'm so passionate about theater education, because I didn't have it in the schools that I went to growing up. I, there the first, my first exposure to theater education would have been in high school. Cause we had a program, but I just never did it. So, yeah. All right. So I love your story because you, you went to college. Obviously, you hadn't really explored theater yet. So you went to college. Yeah. You changed your major seven times. Listen, what yes. were all the majors? Do you remember? Can I remember them all? So I started out as computer science. That's what I went in for. And I, I'm still unsure why. Like, that doesn't even, like, now really knowing myself, I'm like, yeah, that was complete opposite of what you should have been doing. <laughs> I think that I really wanted to, at that point in time, I wanted to make my family proud. And my family, they're full of scientists and mathematicians. And so I wanted to make my family proud and be like, a, like be in because everyone else, that's what they were doing. And I'm like, well, I know I'm not doing math or science. So maybe I could do computer science. <laughs> yeah, it was a no. After my first like semester, I knew I was like, yeah, I'm struggling hard and I don't want to do this. And so I went, <laughs> oddly enough, I changed my major to math at one point. Um, Yep. Then I went to communications and then I went to Spanish and Spanish was something that I had taken, you know, since high school and got really good at and everything. And that was actually the major I stuck with the longest. Um, 
I got to study abroad. It was really awesome and cool. And um, I lived with a host family. I spoke Spanish every day. It was really, really amazing. Yeah, it was awesome. I lived in Ecuador for a semester in the city of Cuenca. And um, I got to go to the University of Cuenca. I mean, it was really awesome. Um, and if I hadn't studied Spanish, I probably wouldn't have had that opportunity to do it in that way. Um, so I actually had intended to graduate as a Spanish major, but the professor that was teaching the high-level class I needed my senior year, she actually got pregnant and was on maternity leave. And so they said, if I want to graduate with that, I would have to stay another semester. And I said, absolutely not, because I'm on a full ride. And if I stay another semester, I'll have to pay for it. So they allowed me to make up my own major with all of the classes that I'd taken in four years. And so I called my own major International Arts and Communication. And you graduate in four years, which is incredible. Incredible. I still can't believe it. Did you have any internships like during during the, your time at school? Like what happened then? Yes. So after I graduate from college, I pretty much immediately go into graduate school. And in my graduate program, we had to do internships with various arts organizations. I went to uh, George Mason University for arts management. And so okay. I had an internship with the John F. Kennedy Center for Performing Arts, wow. Afromoda Dance Theater. Um, I did an internship at Dance Place, which is another dance organization in DC. At that time, I was very focused on trying to uh, pursue dance. Mm -hmm. I was like, you know what? I'm going to pursue dance. This, that was kind of like my gateway in because I was like, I love to dance in front of people. I've been dancing since I was six, like in terms of like church and stuff. I was like, yeah, I'll just do it. Um, and so I did all of those internships. Um, while doing those internships and while also in school, I had a full-time job at the U.S. Department of State. And so I <laughs> somehow was ma making this life of mine work. Um, and I was like, yeah, I'll be a government official. Like, yeah, this is a perfect like place for me to be. Listen, I've had, I feel like I've lived many lives. Like you I have, have literally have. had so many seasons. <laughs> Several people Crazy. in this life right here that I'm looking at. Yes. Uh -huh. Yes. So after I um, worked for the U.S. Department of State, it was during that time when I had my second job there that I realized that this was not it. And even when I was in graduate school, I was looking up MFAs because I'm like, well, maybe I can just switch to the theater program. I started to have like an inkling that I wanted to move away from what I was doing because I'm like, I will not be happy just being in arts administration. Like I want to do that in tandem with what I'm doing. And so I ended up, um, I got engaged in 2014 and my husband and I, we were trying to figure out, you know, how we were going to pay for our wedding and all of these things. And so we entered this wedding contest through Arena Stage in Washington, D.C. And we win an $80,000 wedding from a theater. <laughs> and that's how I started theater. <laughs> <laughs> Crazy, I, right? You cannot make this up. You simply you can't. can't. You simply yeah. can't. Holy moly. So, okay. So, and can I ask, can I ask what your husband does? So what's so funny? People are like, are you married to someone? Is he in the industry? No, not even close. Um, he does not like taking pictures. He doesn't like being on video. Like I, I literally convinced him to start a podcast with me. So I'm so happy that he's doing that. But like, he is not about this stage life. And listen, I respect it. It's hard in these streets. Um, so my husband, he's a, a security consultant and he also is a CrossFit coach. And right now he's about to go back to school for physical therapy. So he's uh, studying for that. Um, but I think where his heart really lies is anything movement. He loves movement. Um, he's very, very fit. He was actually top 5% in the world in the CrossFit Open that happened recently. So. He's my hero. At one point, do you, because you're you're now working for um, the state, yes? Yep. At what point do you decide this is not it? So after after we won that wedding, they gave us two tickets to see Fiddler on the Roof. 
um, because it was celebrating 50 years. That's why they were giving us the wedding anyway. That's why the contest existed. And so I go to see this show and I remember sitting in those seats. Like, I don't want to be sitting in the seats. I want to be in the round. I want to be performing. Like, how do I get there? And that is where that thought really started. And so after our honeymoon, I remember you know, coming home and I remember thinking like, I just need to figure this out. And so I just started Googling, you know, auditions and trying to figure out like, okay, well, I just need to go audition for something. And that's how I ended up at that audition we were talking about earlier, singing, yeah. were you there when they crucified the <laughs> <laughs> It all comes back now and it's full circle, full circle. Wow. And then you yeah. find yourself somehow, some way in New York City. What in your heart made you go, I need to be in New York? So this is so cheesy, but I'm going to tell you anyway. So I literally, so my, um, I guess this is my third or fourth year with the government. I got a pretty lovely telework schedule where I was able to work three days a week from home. And I used to like to keep the TV on just to have some noise in the background while I'm working. And so I used to, uh, that's how I started watching Glee. I didn't watch Glee live. Like Glee was something that I watched after the fact. And so I start watching it and I become obsessed and I'm like, I actually need to be doing musical theater. Where have I been? And <laughs> I see the school that like Rachel Berry goes to, she goes to Niata and I'm like, well, where, where is Niata? If that's in New York, I need to move to New York. Like that's literally how the process went. I wish I was lying, but that that's my story. Um, I did want to move to New York when I was applying to college. I actually applied to St. John's University. I got in. Um, but the school that I went to, they gave me a full ride. So I ended up choosing a place that gave me the money, but yeah. I was going to go to St. John's for computer science, um, which I think I would have found theater a lot faster had <laughs> I done have. that, but <laughs> it also would have been a lot more money. So I guess I, yes. and I met my husband in college, so I had to go there for a reason, but um, yeah, that's kind of how I, how I got there or how I got here to New York. Wow. And then what was your, so you were, you were also, you know, you also work with AMDA. So how yeah. do you find pursuing a career in the theater industry while also juggling that? Yeah, I'm not even going to lie. It's extremely challenging. My time is insane. Um, and, you know, it's funny because when I started working at AMDA, it was always meant to be a part-time job. It was something that I did, you know, 20 hours a week. And then I was able to audition and do my New York life. Since we've been in the pandemic, I've taken on a full-time position um, because my husband, he got unemployed. He was basically unemployed for a good portion of the pandemic. And um, we really needed the money in order to be able to stay in the city. And so um, I've taken on a couple of different roles and I actually recently just got promoted and I am just trying to figure out how to continue to balance this life of mine. I have extremely long days to make it all work, but making it all work so far. <laughs> Real. Yeah, because it's just crazy, like going through this, this pandemic and just taking whatever comes your way and, and knowing that what's meant to be is meant to be. I, I also just recently started a full-time job with the um, the Broadway Collective. And awesome. Congrats. Yeah, thank you. And it's wild because I never... I never saw myself working a full-time job in addition to performing and auditioning. Yeah. But that's the way of the world right now. It's non-existent or very, very small anyway of a theater yep. industry to even be auditioning for. So we kind of just go with the flow and exactly. And that's so awesome. Congrats on the promotion. Thank you. Thank oh, that's you. So I'm cool. excited. Up until the pandemic, you're also juggling um working with AMDA. What yeah. was your audition life like? Was it wild? Was it consistent? Was it pick and choose what makes most sense to you? How did you approach it? Mm -hmm. I think 
after the start of 2020, because my husband and I, we went to Italy for like 15 days at the top of the year. I'm so grateful, by the way, that we just made it back because <laughs> thinking now about the pandemic, we could have gotten stuck in Italy when, and you know, it hit them first. So like, I'm just so grateful, like we made it back. But um, after that time, I really realized how much I needed to break. I'd worked really consistently throughout 2019. And so in 2020, I was like, I'm going to make a real effort to uh, not, not that I wasn't going to go as hard, but to do what made sense. And so I started picking things that were really in alignment with the kinds of jobs that I wanted to work and the kinds of things that I was interested in doing. And so my audition schedule was actually pretty lovely because my job at Anza is pretty flexible in the sense that if I have an audition during the day, I can work at night or if I have a rehearsal at night or a show at night, I've been able to work during the day. So I've been able to make it work. Let's switch gears a little bit because I love talking about this. So let's talk about social media. Yes, we love social media. I'm so inspired by the content that you create on there. And I guess let's just start, you know, how did how did you find your footing with sharing on social media even before TikTok? Um, I, I feel you probably started somewhere along the lines of like Instagram. Yeah. 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 Um, What's so funny about my journey on social media is that it has been so different throughout the years. I feel like I've been on all of these platforms since their inception, but I've changed a lot. Um, Since in the trend, change and major a lot changed. Like, yeah, I am definitely that person that has been just trying to figure out where what what lanes I want to exist in and um, kind of shake things up. And I'm like, what industry should I be, you know, uh, making my mark in? And so I started social media, just blogging about like my natural hair journey. And like, I had a jewelry business at one point where I made all of these handcrafted earrings and sold earrings and all this kind of thing. And then I had a blog about like, um, running a half marathon and, you know, telling people what I was doing to train for this half marathon I was doing. And so now I'm finally here at Kaisha Creates, where I share about my journey as an artist in New York how that is, you know, pursuing a dream that I've wanted to pursue for a long time. And I think that Instagram is definitely the platform that I, I would say before this current season in my life, that was the platform that I gravitated to the, to the most. Um, it's the one that I probably have put the most time, energy and effort into. Um, but right now I'm a TikTok girl and I never thought that I was going to be I never thought that I was going to be on TikTok like this because when I found out what TikTok was, I was like, I'm not joining anything else. Like, this is it. I'm, I'm on Instagram. That is enough. I'm not about to be on TikTok and look (laughs) at me. Here I am. (laughs) And here you are. And how are, you know, what, what are some of the things that you found that help you continue to create content and continue to be inspired? Cause there are times like I'm even going through one right now. I mean, I was away for a little bit, but there are times where you there, you feel like, oh my God, what am I, what do I post? (laughs) Like what I have nothing. So how do how do you keep that inspiration going? You know, what's funny. I recently think I have like, basically I've come up with a thought that I think is going to help me long-term and help me to stay more consistent. I had an assignment because I'm in the TikTok for Black Creators program and they gave us an assignment. Yeah. it was. Oh, this is a really interesting and cool program, but they gave us a homework assignment to come up with a content creation calendar. And I've had them in the past, but I, I said, let me do this assignment. Let me see if it brings out something new. And so in doing this assignment, I have been able to identify every single day of the week what kind of content I want to post. Now, that doesn't mean that I'm telling my audience that these are all like, I have like six different series going on. But for me, mentally, I'm like, okay, on Mondays, I want to 
share something motivational. On Tuesdays, I'm going to share stories. On Wednesdays, I'm going to share some kind of wellness tip. On Thursdays, it's theater Thursday. I'm going to share something like that. And on Fridays, I'm doing this thing called Black Broadway Friday. Yeah. So that's the one I'm sharing and telling my audience that that's a series. So that kind of helps me to know, okay, create something in this vein. Because when you're a creative, your mind can go to all these different places. And you kind of have to try to figure out how to like box all that creativity in something. And so these are kind of like my guidelines for how I can create content every single day. Do you find that having a social media presence has helped you create um, meaningful relationships with people, especially during this time, given that we can't be in person? Yes, absolutely. There have been, you know, I'm still in awe at some of the things that I've been, you know, asked to do, you know, during the course of this pandemic, like I was able to leverage a relationship with Stuart Whitley and I hosted a connecting creativity session. Um, Recently, I just booked a TikTok musical. It's called Work From Home. I'm going to tell it here on the Actor Aesthetic Podcast first, (laughs) but my duet partner is Kevin Chamberlain. I'm like, are you joking? Like, what is life? Like, how is this even a thing? It's like really cool that just from some TikTok videos, I was approached to be in this project. So I think that social media has definitely made it possible to have so many more like relationships than I think I would have had had this not happened. Obviously, I we could all spare the tragedy, right? But I do think that that is one of the positive things that have come out of this. Oh, gosh, I, I mean, social media can be so great. It can be not so great. But if you use yeah. it as a tool, it can create relationships. It can um, build your presence online. Yeah. It can give you um, networking opportunities and stuff. It can also just be a great place for creativity and for making things. And who knows what could yes. come of it. That's why I'm like, I love that. I love that the Ratatouille musical became a thing. I love that Bridgerton, the musical was being shared online because you never know what could come out of that. And that is so cool to me to see and to see people perform their take on things. So talk to me a little bit about the program that you mentioned earlier, the TikTok for Black Creatives. So this is so crazy. This Mm -hmm. is why this is a part of the reason why I love the internet. So The TikTok for Black Creatives program, it was launched earlier this year, and they were looking for 100 creatives to be a part of it. And you needed 10,000 followers to participate. When I saw this, I had like 7,000 followers. I was Mm -hmm. like, okay, maybe I can get the other 3,000 so that I can at least apply. (laughs) And so I'm like doing everything, trying to get like people to follow me. I'm like making all kinds of content. I'm like, y'all need to follow me so I can apply for this thing. And so at one point I just kind of gave up. I'm like, it doesn't seem like it's going to happen. I'm going to dial back. I already have a lot to do with work. It's around the holidays. I'm just going to chill. It is what it is. But then um, you know, coming up, I guess you could say in, somewhere in January, I made a, vi- a video about the inauguration and that video went viral and it took my account from like 8,500 to 13K. And wow. so I applied three days before the <laughs> deadline. I was like, yes, I made it in. And not only did I made, make it in, I like got selected, which I was pretty shocked by because I knew that thousands of people had applied, 5,000 people applied for this thing. Wow. So um, I was very, very grateful to be accepted. And it's basically a 12-week mentorship program where you are connected with various speakers and um, specialists in different areas. And they talk about different things as it relates to not only you know thriving on TikTok, but thriving as a creative in this industry, if you will. Wow. And you also yeah. briefly mentioned you have the um, you have you just started your your series Black Broadway Fridays. Yeah, um, talk to me about that. 
So I wanted to start this. I've wanted to start this series for a long time. I really feel like a lot of my um, musical theater education, as it relates to musical theater history, it wasn't centered on black performers. And I'm like, I want to know more about Black Broadway. And so I recently went to a uh, black independent bookstore called Sisters Uptown, which is up here in the Heights, and they had a book that was called Black Broadway. And I was like, Are you joking? It's amazing. And I got the last copy and it has all of these beautiful pictures. And so you're able to see all these performers and all of the, the like the costumes and everything. And so I've been going through and like reading, you know, various parts of this book. And I was like, I need to share this with people. So that's essentially how it came. This about. needs to be like, that needs to be an education. That needs to be, that book needs to be read at colleges. Like, yes. Wow. Yes. And like, I'm learning so many things. I'm like, wow, why? Did I not know this? Why, why? Why isn't this being discussed at the same rate? You know what I mean? Like it was just so many interesting things. And, you know, that bookstore was so great because it had so many different books. Like there was a book called You Can't Do That on Broadway that is like really mm. interesting. It was about like when To Kill a Mockingbird first came into Broadway, like the original show and um, how much of an uproar it caused Whoa. in the theater community. And so like, I'm just really into that right now. And I love reading about like history in general. So mm. yeah, that's why, that's how the series came about. Gosh, I'm so excited to see more videos I think that's really epic and like yes yeah. that should be shared and should be I mean you I the thing is is like we shouldn't rely on you to be sharing that um but I appreciate you for finding that and for sharing it and I do hope that's that colleges and stuff uh pick up on that and realize how important that is to be to be talked about because I would have really appreciated having something like that in, in school. You know, why aren't we? Yeah. Why isn't it more of an issue? And why, is why aren't we talking more about that? My last question for you is if you could give one piece of advice to someone who is pursuing a career in theater, whatever that may be, mm -hmm. what would you say to them? You don't have anything to prove, but you have everything to share. Mm. That would be the top thing that I would share because mm. I have felt like for most of my career in musical theater that I had something to prove like I have to prove that I'm good enough to be here because I haven't done this for a long time I have to prove that I'm good enough to be here because I'm black because I'm a woman mm. all these things and it's really hard to enjoy a career when you're busy trying to prove yourself I think that if we switch that thinking into if we're just sharing a part of ourselves, it takes some of the pressure off and it actually makes it enjoyable. And so when I approach auditions now, I try to approach it with the mindset, this is what I have to share with you today. I don't have to prove anything to you. This is what I have to share with you today. And in me sharing my gifts and my talents, if that aligns with the project that I'm auditioning for, great. And if it doesn't, it's okay. And I move on to the next thing. So yeah, I've been really trying to adopt that mindset. I actually had a friend of mine uh, share that quote with me. And um, that's something that has been really, really uh, sticking with me lately. Wow. And doesn't it just take the pressure off, you know? Yes. You know, it really does. Because then you all of a sudden you, you're, you're not focusing on, on proving or, or making an impression. You're just doing what you do. And, yep. and ultimately that, that you just shine so much brighter um, when the pressure is off like that. Because so much so much of the yeah. time, like, yes, there's so much we can't control as performers. One thing we can control is our our work ethic and our attitude about things. And by 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 stepping into our light in that way and um, yes. and taking the pressure off ourselves and just 
giving and just sharing as opposed to proving. Exactly. Oh my God. Like what a, what a, what a different world we'd be in if, if everyone adopted that, but that's really, really powerful. So thank you for sharing that. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, Kaisha, where can we find you? If someone, if someone is just hearing from you today for the first time, where, where can we find you online? You can find me everywhere mm-hmm. at Kaisha Creates. My <laughs> handle is at Kaisha Creates on Instagram, TikTok, Twitter. I don't even know what the other platforms are these days. <laughs> She's all of them. <laughs> Kaisha, thank you so much for joining us. I hope you I hope you can enjoy the rest of your day given the crazy world that we live in. But um, I really appreciate your time and I appreciate you um, sharing your your story with us today. Thank you so much. And I really appreciate you having me. I am so glad that I got to make it onto the actor aesthetic. I love this podcast. So thank you so much for having me, Maggie.